BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Carmel, an eating disorder and addiction therapist and your coaching guide. On my show, What You're Craving, we get to the real root of your problems when it comes to food, weight, dieting, and beyond. Through honest conversations with the crew of my favorite experts and friends, we'll expand our minds, we'll learn, we'll laugh, we'll even heal. Get ready to break open and break through. I've got your back big time. And together, we'll figure out what you're really craving. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today on the show, I am joined by Jigna. I found Jigna on uh, social media. I don't even know how I found you, Jigna. How did I find you? I actually messaged you. I DM'd you about, because I think I saw one of your stories about your podcast and speaking to people who are divorced. And I think I DM'd you and I was like, oh, I'd love to be on your podcast and speak to you about divorce because I'm quite open about it on my social media profile. Yeah. So I went to your profile and you do these really sort of heavy hitting, how would you describe them? I mean, I guess IGTVs, reels. And yeah, I guess my reels are quite to the point. So they're, they're probably the more heavy hitting ones. And she's sort of holding cards up with divorce is not shameful. Divorce is not what, go on, tell me what they will say. Again. So it's like, divorce is not a weakness. Divorce is not a failure. Divorce is brave. Divorce is okay. And it's absolutely true. And I sort of, it was one of those ones that you watch and you kind of, you know, makes your hair stand on end. I mean, you also are very good at choosing good music to go with it. <laughs> but, you know, you. Jigna is also um, Indian heritage. So I know that that is also a big, big stigma for, you know, to be divorced and in your culture as well, maybe more so than even for me. But when I found your profile, I really enjoyed your sort of, your very positive, bubbly attitude. And I think, you know, you embody exactly what I try and teach women, which is, you know, no matter what, it is a positive, you know, you may have less money, you may be in a smaller house, you may, you know, have to work a little bit harder. But at the end of the day, that it's a very small price for your freedom. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think especially, like you mentioned, being Indian, I mean, I was brought up my whole life around this stigma of divorce and around the shamefulness that's attached with being divorced. And that was something that I'd heard growing up. And so when I was married and I knew that I was unhappy and I wanted to go through my divorce. Can I stop you a minute? Yeah, Why sure. don't you tell people how long you've been, how long you were married for, when you got married, all of this stuff? Because you look, you're only 32 now, yeah, so correct. you know, um, and which is even worse, by the way, for a lot of people. Because when I think when you get married young and you divorce still young, people are like, oh, silly girl, in a way, you know, didn't even try. I presume that's that. I've always heard that for other people, you know, when they divorce young. So I can imagine it was a, another hurdle for you. Absolutely. So I actually got married when I was 23. So I was very, very young and it was actually an introduction marriage, which is quite common in the South Asian community. And it was almost like, you know, boys are presented to you and you get to speak to them and get to know them. And then that's sort of the, your category of boys that you pick from. Do you have a choice or you have to marry one of those boys? I have to marry one of them. So I'm given, I was given a choice of three and then I had to pick one of them. And so I picked one of them, got married and I was actually married for four years but I wasn't really very happy over those four years. And I think, like you said, there was always a thought in my head of people saying, oh, but you've probably not given it a go and you've not tried and everybody has difficulties when they get married. So even after, soon after I got married, I had doubts, but I still stuck with it because I thought, okay, I've got to give it a go. I've got to at least give it a year. I've got to give it two years and, you know, maybe it'll get better. And I think, like you said, when you're young, there's always that worry of people saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing or, oh, she's throwing it away or, oh, she hasn't tried. But I think for anyone who goes through a divorce, you know that you've done everything that you can to make it work. You know that you've tried. And I was in that marriage for four years. And I think by the end of it, I'd gotten to the point where I knew there was nothing more in me that I could give to this marriage. And there was nothing more that I could do. What was it that sort of made it break down? What What do you mean? Because I think this is a big thing for people. And they always go, how do you know it's time to give up? I think for me, it was that I genuinely could not imagine the rest of my life with him. And we had gotten to a point where we were such different people and we wanted such different things in life. And I knew that if I was to stay in this marriage, I would eventually end up very, very miserable. And I would end up living a life that I didn't want. And it got to a point where I had to think about the kind of life that I wanted for myself. And I had to accept the fact that I was incredibly unhappy in this marriage. And this wasn't what I wanted. You know, for example, my husband wanted children. And I was very much at that point where I thought, there's no way that I can have children with this guy that I'm not even sure how I feel about him. And I didn't know whether there was that love between us. And it just wasn't something that I wanted. And I knew if I carried on in this marriage, I would have ended up living a life that would have eventually made me incredibly miserable. So that was the point where I decided I needed to do something about it. So I filed for divorce when I was 27 years old. And since then, it's been five years since I've gone through my divorce. And I very much like to discuss it on my social media profile now, because when I was going through my divorce, there wasn't really much out there in terms of me being able to turn to people or speak to people or there weren't any resources that I could turn to to try and figure out how to navigate the whole course of divorce. And since going through it, there's been so much that's been said about divorce. And a lot of the time people focus on the negatives. And I find that since going through my divorce, it's been the most positive thing that I've gone through, which is why I now choose to talk about it openly. And especially Especially in the South Asian community, that's quite a difficult thing to do. You're beaming. Judgment. <laughs> I just really hope that I could get across in my Instagram how great your life could be after going through a divorce. And I think you do, definitely... by the way. 
You're beaming. I, 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 those of you can't see her. Her grin is from ear to ear. And that is what attracted me to you, by the way. It's your grin and how happy you do look. There doesn't look like there's an ounce of what the fuck have I done? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people worry about the regret. But I always say, if you're at that point where you're considering a divorce and you're at that point where you're that miserable, I mean, surely taking this step can only make things better for yourself. And it's one of those things where... It is difficult and divorce is difficult. And, you know, it, it took a huge toll on my mental health. And I went through a lot of difficulty whilst going through my divorce, but it also gave me the freedom to build the life for myself that I want. And I think that is one of the most important things to be able to do for yourself. And so I basically want to get across to people how happy you can be after divorce and how marriage is not the be all and end all of life. No, it is not. And I think I think I made my decision as well when I, it was funny because with my job, I get sent on all these beautiful holidays and I was offered up to go to a beautiful island for a week. Wow. And I was thinking, fuck, who am I going to take? Can't take my husband. We'll be bored rigid by the end of the day. We won't have anything to talk about. Won't know what to do. And then I went, oh, isn't it sad that I'd rather go with a girlfriend? Absolutely. And then I was like, you know, that's when I knew because like, you really know if you can't go and sit in the Maldives or on an island, which is like heaven on fucking earth with your partner, then you're in the wrong relationship. You really are. And you're right. I think teaching women that it's, it can be the best decision of your life. You know, you, yes, it's going to be painful and hard because anything, by the way, worth having is always painful and hard. <laughs> you know, but when you get the other way. 100%. I always say that anything worth having in life involves fighting for it and you have to fight for it but it's always worth it in the end always so you went and did it was he yeah, shocked absolutely I filed for divorce and it was incredibly difficult because you know coming from an Indian family my parents were not very supportive of the idea it was something that was very difficult for them to accept mainly because of what people will say and I remember telling my parents that I wanted to get a divorce and you know at the time I was incredibly unhappy I was very very depressed and I remember telling them, this is what I want to do. And their first question back to me was, oh, but what will people say? And it wasn't, you know, are you okay? Or, okay, you know, do you need support or anything? It was all about what people will say. And I think I experienced that myself, but I know there are so many other people out there who have to experience that. And there's so much fear about what people will say because divorce is viewed as a negative. And for me, the whole thing is about changing people's perceptions and showing them that actually divorce is one of the most freeing things that you can do. And I always say it's actually an act of self-love because you're choosing yourself and there's nothing shameful about choosing yourself. Nothing. I, so I say selfish is the new black because being selfish and choosing making yourself happy makes everyone around you happy. You know, I'm sure you have better friendships, better relationship with your parents because you're not miserable and backed into a corner the whole time. And like, you know, um, it was funny, actually, because when I when I ended it with my ex-husband and we, we talked about it, you know, he said, now you'll fly in his heart. He knew really that I had bigger ideas but you know men a lot of men don't want that or they want a certain type of wife or they want you just to dumb it down and be a certain type of person for the for them I think it's very important to know which you said is we don't get to do this again we don't get to come back and go fuck I married the wrong person ne on my next life it's fine I'll find a better one you don't get that and you know you're 32 years old and you're so vibrant and it's amazing and so I said that's why I'm here you know like you're exactly what 
women should look like when they finally cut off their shackles. And by the way, men, this isn't just for women because there are some miserable men out there. I think men tend to do it too. They, they tend to say, I'm giving up my life. I'm going, you know, my, my ex-husband would have called himself, said he was sacrificing himself for me. Awful. Well, I don't want him to sacrifice himself. He now has a whole new social life. I mean, as far as I can see, he's DJing on weekends and having the time of his life. No, I totally agree. I think, like you said, there's a whole, there's this whole thing about having to dumb ourselves down. And when I was in my marriage, I very much became this sort of quiet, subdued person. And that's not me. You know, my friends and everyone very much describes me as I'm the life of the party. I have lots of energy. And I was just not that person when I was married. And I was almost this sad little girl who was almost doing what was expected of me, especially, you know, being in the Asian culture and playing up to this image of being daughter-in-law and all of these kinds of things that were not me. And I always say now that after going through my divorce, yes, it was something that I wanted, but I also know that my ex-husband will now be a lot happier than he was when we were married. And it was something that we both did for ourselves because we both knew that we were unhappy together. And I think there is absolutely no shame in admitting that sometimes you can be happier apart. And I think that's the difficulty that a lot of people have is almost saying that out loud and almost accepting that actually maybe we're not right for each other, but that's also okay. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. This is another big, big question and you're young and you know, you've got your whole life ahead of you. What did you do financially? Because this is what holds most women back. I don't know your financial position, so I don't mean to put you on the spot. You know, I'm maybe very more established than you. I'm, I'm 44. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Did you, were you tied into finances with your ex-husband? How, how easy was it for you to leave on that regard? Because that is my number one question. What do we do if I don't have, we don't have any money? You, I see that you do makeup, so you clearly know how to make money and your makeup looks great. And I've always told girls, stick to it. Did, did you work during your marriage or did you start this afterwards? So yeah, so makeup, that was something that I did on the side, but I actually work in finance. So I've always worked in investment banking. So that's my background. And when I got married, I very much kept everything separate. And, you know, for example, my salary was my money. My husband's salary was his money. And I don't know if whether in the back of my head, I almost knew that at some point we would end up getting divorced, but I always ensured that we didn't overlap our finances too much so that I could always be financially independent because I think it's so important for women to be financially independent. And so when we went through a divorce, we sold our house, you know, we shared the proceeds but I agree, it was like starting all over again. You know, I had to find somewhere to live. I had to find somewhere to rent. I then had to figure out a way to buy a new property. And it was almost like when I was married, I had all of these things. I had a big house. I had a car. I had, you know, a lot more disposable income. And I knew that getting divorced would change all of that. And I knew that I would have to start all over again. But you make those adjustments in your life. You know, you find ways to figure, figure it out. I rented a place for a couple of months. I then was able to buy a place, but I know a lot of people don't have that. So again, you know, people, you can turn to your family. People can move back in with their parents if needed, if they're not able to pay rent or buy a place. There are always options. And I think as women, if you're married, even if you're in a relationship, whatever you are, I think it's so important to be financially independent because like you said, the money aspect does sometimes hold people back. And I think it is difficult starting all over again, but I always say that no matter what you do, if you put your mind to it, you can find a way to get through it. That's what I say. And I think, you know, there is no right way around this, girls. Financial independence, and I've, I've, I've maintained this, whether you marry a billionaire 
or not, you need to know how to make money today. The old school, old fashioned life doesn't exist and you're setting yourself up for a major fall. I literally just heard a story this week with a friend that was with a billionaire. He threw her out and there's no money. That's it. You know, you're cut off. And by the way, I kind of think, well, why shouldn't he? You don't buy someone for life because, you know, why should the man support you for life? Why? For what reason? Because he's got money, money he made. No. So, you know, on that regard, both of you need to be protected. Why should you walk in and say, what happens to me in five years? Well, what happens to you? You know, keep your head on, go back to work. Understand, don't give up work in the first place. Sorry, what am I talking about? Don't give up work. Don't ever give up work. Do you know how many people have interviewed with me lately that have been out of work for however many years? And obviously their relationships aren't working out now and they want to come back to work. There is no reason why you have all four limbs that you can't provide for yourself. And actually today there are people without all four limbs that are doing pretty bloody well from what I see. So, you know, that they did just, it's based on the person, really on the person. And you can either make the most of it or the least of it and think that the world owes you something and the world today owes you fuck all. That's the, the issue. I think COVID has worked, taught us all that we have to work 10 times harder to produce today. Definitely. But the world is still abundant. But, you know, there's always an idea, you know, keeping the faith because I've learned every day is a new day. And, you know, you can have the shittiest day and think that nothing good is ever going to happen to you. And then the next morning, your dreams are answered. It's the weirdest fucking thing. I've had so many times where I think I'm actually going broke and I'm going to have to move out of my house and I can't pay my bill. And then the next day I get a job and you're like, oh, okay, I'm, stay- <laughs> I'm staying, you know, and, 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 and that's what makes life so exciting. I, I can't imagine what if I saw like a shitload of zeros in my bank all the time would be like, you know. I I wouldn't be this driven. I love being this driven. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the things when I went through my divorce, people were like, what is she going to do now? How is she going to support herself? And it's like, I am an independent woman who, by the way, does not need a man or or does not need a marriage to survive. And regardless of what I go through, regardless of having to move out of my house, find somewhere to live, I was so determined to make a great life for myself. And I think that was one of the things that I decided when I was going through my divorce was that I know I'm going through my divorce, but I am going to make sure that I build this amazing life for myself that I want. And if that involves working twice as hard as I normally would, that's fine. I will do that. But I think anyone out there who is going through a divorce also has that ability. Like I said earlier, we all have the ability to build a great life for ourselves and we we can all do it. So where are you now? So is your ex um, dated or is he moved on? Is he married? I have absolutely no idea. I don't think he's married. Uh, we don't actually speak. I mean, we, we ended things on civil terms. You know, we very much wish each other well, but we don't, we don't keep in touch. And from what I've heard, he isn't married because obviously he's still a part of my community. So, you know, every so often, you know, we do hear about each other. But yeah, I mean, I only ever wish him the best, but we don't keep in contact. And I think that was probably just the best way. I think for me as well, you know, I kind of wanted to move on to the next part of my life, wish him well, but yeah, we don't, we don't really keep in touch. And you, how is dating now? Have you opened your, I mean, obviously you've opened yourself up, I presume, to not out of your parents' choice of three men now. Absolutely. I've told my parents, I'm not marrying who you tell me to marry. I'm, I'm just going to be able to do what I want to do, date who I want to date. And, and how did that know, go after, down? 
they, they were okay with it now. I think they realize now that no matter what they say to me, I'm not going to listen. And I always say to them, look, I'm old enough to make my own decisions and I'm old enough to make my own mistakes. And if I make mistakes, that's fine. I'll learn from them. It's all a part of life. But I'm no longer going to live this life for other people. And, you know, getting married to someone of their choice was me deciding to live my life based on what they wanted rather than what I wanted. And since my divorce, I very much focus on living my life how I want to live it. And, you know, since going through my divorce, I have dated people, I have been in relationships, I have gone through breakups. And, you know, at the moment I'm single, COVID has made dating quite difficult. So I'm hoping as things change, I'll be able to go out a bit more, meet more people. But I'm very much open to just meeting people and seeing how it goes. But at the same time, I'm also very happy just being single. I think a lot of people when they go through a divorce or when they go through a breakup, they always focus on moving on to the next relationship quickly or finding somebody else. And I think a lot of people just don't spend enough time being single and spending time with themselves and spending time doing things that they enjoy. And right now I'm very much just enjoying being able to do that. No, you're absolutely right. I think you'll never get this time again. And it's learning exactly who you are on your own terms, which is why I see you're so like that. That's what everyone says to me is when they see me, they're like, God, you're like a whole different, even my parents, they actually thanked Sergio this trip. They were like, (laughs) she's like a whole different person. And it's true because I think when you're with the wrong person, even if they're a good person, you bring out the worst in each other. You know, you just bring in the worst in each other. He, he just, I think I just closed down and I was like, I just couldn't be bothered to open my mouth because I always put my foot in it in some way. But like now I realize with Sergio, no matter what I say, I can't put my foot in it because he genuinely just loves me regardless. Putting his foot, you know, there is no way to do that. Whereas with my ex, I, everything irritated the fuck out of him. So I opened my mouth and I was like, God, I wish I hadn't opened my mouth. Yeah. So I just learned it was easier not to open my mouth and rather than keep apologizing for when I did. That's a, a fascinating thing because now I I'm just literally roll on the floor, belly laughing, enjoying my time. And it means, by the way, I enjoy my children more because I'm more relaxed. I enjoy my home more. I enjoy the kids. I enjoy days out with the kids. I don't worry when they're not perfect because my children aren't going to be perfect. They're children. They're a fucking pain in the ass. And actually, we're really good together now at co-parenting them because we don't, we're not screaming at each other. I think the house was just became so loud with the arguments between the children, me screaming up and down, shut up, now you shut up. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, I've always heard a lot of people say, so I don't have children myself. I I have spoken to a lot of people who have gone through a divorce who do have children. And they always say that it's allowed them to become better parents. And like you said, then all the energy is not being focused on each other and, you know, then you're not exhausted from those situations and you're actually just being able to be better parents and co-parent. And it's such a more, it's just a more healthier situation for the children as well. Because I feel like when you're in that relationship and that sort of toxic relationship like that, what happens is even if you don't really realize it's toxic at the time, you know, you, you just finish fighting with the kids and then you have to go and fight each other. Exactly. You know, and then it's like, oh, and then then the home is just a bloody battlefield the whole time. You're like, where is the joy in this? Home becomes a shit show. And that's when we lose ourselves. And I think, you know, you can see the joy on my face and I can, because my relationship with Sergio is about me and him. And I can see the joy on your face, you know, so, and because you've just learned who you are. What are you looking for now? Now you're dating. Are you dating? What are you doing? It's COVID. I know it's so difficult. Although 
lockdown is finally lifting. I finally have plans in the diary. I'm going to go out, going to meet people. And I'm looking forward to that. But I think the main thing that I'm now looking for in a relationship is someone who just lets me be me. When I look at my past relationships, I always see that I've actually changed myself to be this person that somebody else wants. And in the end, I end up resenting that. And I just want someone to appreciate the person that I am. I don't want to be able to have to change myself to satisfy what they want. And just someone to have fun with, someone that I can be myself around unapologetically and someone who just appreciates that. You see, I think when you're young, it's very hard to understand very strongly. We don't really change and we are the same people, but it's very hard to understand that is innately you because there are so many people around you that aren't the boyfriend, but other people, society telling you who you've got to be. You're from an Asian culture, so there you go. You know, you have to be this type of a woman. Your parents are telling you you have to be this type of a woman. Everyone's told you who you have to be, even though you're probably still this person before, you weren't strong enough to stand by that person. You know, I think when we get to our, you know, I mean, it took me till I was mid, because I was told all the time, I'm a lunatic, you're a lunatic, just because you're different. You're different. You know, well, me being a lunatic is what's got me so far. Exactly. You know, because if I wasn't this person, I wouldn't have started this podcast. I wouldn't have gone on, you know, on a TV show. I wouldn't have done all of these things. You wouldn't be standing with on on a reel with holding up there is no divorce and shame. I mean, who the fuck does that? A lunatic. But you know, <laughs> a great one. A great one. You know, no, it's very true. And you're you're so right. I've literally spent my whole life just having to dumb down who I am and having to do what everybody else wants me to do. And I've had to suppress who I am. And it has honestly taken me 30 years to finally realize like, no, this is who I am. And you either take it or leave it. But that's me. This is me. And this is what you get. And I think it's taken me this long to finally be proud of who I am and not feel as though I have to be somebody else and not feel as though I have to not act in a certain way because it's not seen as the best way to act. And I think that's also what's so freeing about it. Also, you don't need a man. If any of you go to her profile, you'll see she's this happy and there is no man. Maybe that is the key to happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think that's the thing. That's one of the things I want to show people is that you can actually just be so happy on your own and you don't necessarily have to have a person. And okay, of course I would love to date and have a boyfriend and have all of those things, but It's so important to be happy on your own first before you can be happy in a relationship. I think if you go into a relationship seeking validation or seeking happiness, you're never going to get what you want. It has to come from within first. No, and you're going to get the wrong man. You're going to get one that stamps all over you again and makes you feel like shit because you're such a needy, wet ball ache. (laughs) No, I mean, I can't stress it enough. I can't bear it. I can't bear needy women, you know. 100%. Get your big girl pants up and then the right guy, the, the, the love of your life will come. You know, I always get asked, and this will happen to you, by the way, you know, uh, granted you're in COVID, but I see that some guy will walk into your life very, very soon and sweep you off your feet and you're going to have the best time ever. And I know that's going to happen for you because I can see what kind of person you are and that's what you will get. And people are going to go, well, I've been single longer than you have and your friends are going to be jealous and everything else because they won't understand how you got him. And this is exactly how I got him and how you got him. It's not because, I mean, you're much younger than me. I got him because I am a strong, independent, fun 
funny woman. You know, I can be going through the worst day ever and I will make a joke of it. I will make it okay for everyone around me. I will not be sat in the corner making you you feel shit for my problems. And that is what so many women forget. And that is why you will thrive. Thank you. I love that. And I, I totally agree. I think, you know, if things are going wrong in your life or you're going through hardships, like you are the only person that can pull yourself out of this. And I feel like you have to have that attitude of being able to do that. And like you said, sitting there, believing that you are this confident, independent woman and you are all that you need. And that is the most important thing. You know, I think, as I said, society and rules, and I mean, even with, you know, Asian society and all these other, uh, well, all the cultures out there, really, I think everybody is getting with the program in a way. I mean, look, even even Saudi women are driving and, you yeah. know, everyone is understanding that all of these cultural parameters are kind of outdated and it's hard for everybody in them. You know, everybody, everybody wants to find their person and to, just to be happy uh, with or without the person. They want to be happy. And, you know, if you're constantly being told no, that's when all the rebellion comes. And that's when, exactly. you know, everyone sort of gives up. And I think that we're learning now that none of these old ways work. That to give, Absolutely. you know, to say, okay, religion arranged marriage, certain background, money in the bank. You put so many freaking parameters around yourself before you even set off that it's like, it's exhausting. Your list is about this small that you, exactly. you, you, you can't, you can't find it. And there's no way that you can live your life fitting into this small box of what people want you to live. And I think, especially in the South Asian community, there's such a focus on being married and men being superior and needing a man in order to live. And independent women are looked down upon because we're seen as rebellious or we're seen as, you know, we people who talk back or we're too loud or we're too this. And we're always told that we're, we're not, it's not okay to be a strong independent woman. But actually I want to show people that it is okay to be a strong independent woman. And like you said, times are changing. We don't need men in order to survive or in order to have a nice house or in order to live we can give all of that to ourselves. And, you know, in the South Asian community, there is starting to be the shift of strong, independent women that are coming up and showing that actually I don't need to abide by these specific rules and parameters that you've put on me because I myself am okay. I myself am enough and I don't need a man to make me feel whole. Yeah. So where are you now? What kind of man will you date now? Does he have to be um, Indian? No, no, not at all. I'm not even concerned about the religion or the culture or anything. I'm very open to a man from any religion, any culture, because I just genuinely don't think that a specific culture or religion is, you know, going to make a difference to me. I'm, I'm just very open to any background or any religion. See, there you go. That's amazing. I love that. And that's, you know, coming from such an extreme background, having had an arranged marriage with three men presented to you, you've now got the whole world as your oyster. How exciting. Absolutely. And I think it's so nice to be able to do that and to be able to think, actually, I don't know where the person's going to come from who I'm meant to be with, or I don't know when I'm going to meet him, but that's exciting for me. And I think people should be more open about that. I don't think it's possible to find the person that you're meant to be with when you have all of these strict rules that you have to follow. And, 
you know, I think being open-minded is just the best way to be. I find it so exciting. It's like the whole world is your oyster. Are your friends single? Some, some are married, some are single. So I do have like a good single group, which I feel is essential. Did so you lose a lot of friends when you got divorced? I lost some, but also at the time... When I got married, I was the only friend in my whole group that was actually married. And then even when I got divorced, I was still the only person that was married. Nobody had gone through a divorce. So I feel like a lot of people didn't understand it. But I mean, the friends that I lost during my divorce, it's fine because they clearly were not the friends that I should have had in my life. And so I always say like, even when you go through anything like that, the people that you lose when you go through that were never meant to be in your life in the first place. Oh, I agree. I think, you know, I think at the beginning, uh, I've learned along the way that just to breathe out and let them go. I didn't go to counselling for my ex-husband. I'm not going with friends. You know, (laughs) I'm like, okay, it's okay. Goodbye. And I wish you only love and luck in your life. We had a great time while it lasted. And that's all right. You know, there's different chapters for each of you. You came into each other's lives when you needed each other for a certain specific thing, probably. And then when it's run its course, it's run its course. That's why creating your own bubble is so important. And it's so important as you've always you've said to be happy with yourself maintain yourself so that you know genuinely on this planet we are pretty sort of solitary creatures you know as in we have our friends and everything else but when the shit really hits the fan there is you and you and you to rely on When we understand that, and I've understood that sort of very, very, very clearly in the last few weeks. And it's funny, it's, it's not, and it's not even upsetting or scary. It's kind of like, okay, I, you know, I understand that now I, you know, we're, we're on here, you've got your friends and they're great, but they're not really the ones that are going to save you in any, you know, and it's so funny because when you're married, you put so much importance on your friends. In fact, my ex-husband said I used to always sort of put them before him. I'd spend hours and hours talking to them and doing things for them and like way less time for him. And actually half of them aren't really in my life anymore. And I've made a whole new group of friends and that's okay. A hundred percent. I think friendships are always evolving. I think people will always come in and out of your life. Like you said, at different times of your life for different purposes. And I think that's okay. And I think a lot of the time it's the same thing with relationships. You know, you go through relationships, sometimes they end, but you learn things from it and you move on, you know, you move on with your life. But like you said, at the end of the day, you always have yourself. And that's one of the things that I learned when I was going through my divorce is that I thought no one's going to get me through this apart from myself. I am the one that has to do this. And I think that's one of the things that you always learn when you go through divorce. But I always carry that with me now. Whenever I go through something difficult, whenever I go through anything, I always think, no, I've got myself. I'm going to get myself through this. I've got myself through my divorce. I'm going to get myself through this as well. Yep. No, I understand that. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You're one of my first listeners that I've asked on and I'm, I want to actually continue this. I really enjoy speaking to people, real people with real stories. Um, so if anyone else out there feels that they have a genuinely good story to good or bad to share for Divorce Not Dead, please do DM me. It's really, really interesting to me. And you keep doing what you're doing, which is inspiring um, people from your community and young girls that it it is okay to be divorced and there is no shame in it. And you can and are and will thrive. They always said the grass isn't greener. It is greener. I feel it is. (laughs) And I can see that you really feel it is. I definitely do. I always say the grass is greener where you water it. And when you go through a divorce, you have an abundant amount of water to water your grass with. So 
It's definitely a positive. So thank you for coming on. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. Oh